Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will help set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and leading practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bonnie in the house. Happy to be here. I have such a panel for you. You won't believe it. I sound like I'm from New York and I originally was. Let me give you a piece of news here. I love to start the show with this. Deloitte has been recognized by SAP as the number one global partner. Follow Deloitte on Twitter at Deloitte SAP and you all know how to spell that. So let me give you a little overview of what we're talking about today and then we'll have our esteemed panelists introduce themselves. So everybody buckle up. The need for a high performance ERP and the need for cloud are here to stay. Just get set with that. That's the way it is. And increasingly those two things come as a package deal in the form of cloud ERP solutions that can support everything you want, greater reliability, greater flexibility, greater scalability, innovation, and of course, growth. There's no one-size-fits-all solution, and sorting through your options, it can take a lot of work. That's what we're going to talk about. Join Deloitte and SAP Transformation Professionals today, that's who I have with me, as we dispel some of the mystery and the myth, ooh, it sounds so mysterious, surrounding cloud ERP today, and challenge preconceived notions about size, speed, and the complexity of projects. Our panelists will explain how a modular ERP approach and a two-tier model, I want you all to memorize that phrase, two-tier model, we're going to talk about that, can support business stability, flexibility, and transformation on your own terms and timeline while unlocking business benefits sooner. So if you think about it on your own terms, we just said there's no one-size-fits-all, it has to fit your business. So I'm going to ask my panelists, since we are recording this on Zoom and I have the extreme pleasure of seeing them talk and think and ask you to, to wave at the camera. Our listeners on Voice America can't see you, but I can. We have Deloitte's Chip Kleinhexel. Hello, Chip. Say hello. There he hello. is. Chip could probably do the show without me, but don't you dare. We have SAP Sven Deniken. Sven, you and I haven't connected in years. Wave hello there. He Oh, thumbs up. I love that. And we have Deloitte's Misa Rawlins. Misa, welcome. And we're going to hi. We're going to ask them to share their insights on the Kinetic Enterprise. Positioning your business for the future with cloud ERP. I love the way that sounds. Let's go around the table and do some introductions. Chip, you've done this so many times. Take about three minutes. Chip, I've done the math, and I have a feeling that there might be 4.3 people in the world who don't remember who you are because you're on the show. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. you, you could talk to the point three <laughs> of the whole 4.3. Tell them who you are. Refresh our memory. And what's so exciting about this topic? What's engaging? Why are you here? Chip, welcome. Bonnie, good to see you. Good to be back. Sven, Misa, great to see you. Uh, Bonnie, I, I, I'm a principal within Deloitte. I, I serve in our SAP offering. And I, I serve clients, and I also serve as our, our global SAP Alliance Chief Technology Officer. So with that... I, I work constantly to help clients transform the business with a full range of SAP solutions, um, focus a lot around, you know, S4HANA, S4HANA Cloud, and, and really I'm passionate about how our client, how companies can, can use technologies to drive innovation, particularly cloud technologies to drive innovation and get value out of it. And so really great to be here. Thank you very much. Was I right in the opening, Chip, that there is one no one-size-fits-all solution and everybody wants it? What's for me? What's for me? What's for me? Uh, 
Okay, good. I'm glad. Somebody gave me those lines, but I want to make sure they were true. Okay, (laughs) truth and radio. There we go. Sven Denikin, so happy to reconnect with you. And I was so happy when I saw your name pop up on the guest list today. So would you please, for those who don't know you, how dare they, please refresh the global audience's memory on who you are, what you do, what have you been up to, and what's your passion for the topic? Sven, welcome. Welcome also from my side, my, my friends in Deloitte, uh, but f- firstly, Bonnie, it has been a time, but we have been around for a while. So I'm still here, uh, part of the engineering organization and mostly proud about looking what an engineer does and actually a company who uses it, an enterprise who derives value to see that life. That's why I'm so passionate about cloud and that's why I'm driving the S4 business, specifically the cloud, to see how value can get immediate. So engineer by heart, but very often in the market and working together, of course, with Misa and Chip a lot. Thank you very much, Sven. It, it is exciting, isn't it? Sven, do you think people really understand what cloud is? Because it's one of those buzzwords. Oh, we're going to put our stuff. Oh, it, it's been around for a long time, right? Maybe it wasn't named that, but is it still a mystery to some businesses? Do you think everybody grasps what this concept is? I think it has been around for a while and, and there are different definitions, but I'll give you mine. That is exactly how you can reduce the difference or the distance between engineering who defines and users who use and get better very quickly, get innovation out there very quickly and standardize as much as you can to be super, super fast. There are many definitions of cloud, but that's mine. Thank you very much. We will go around the table on that. But now it's time to introduce Misa Rawlins. I haven't met you. I'm so happy. For our listeners, Misa's got a smile that is lighting up the whole studio here. I think she's happy to be here. Misa, we're delighted to have you. I know you're busy as well. Would you please introduce yourself? What do you do? What's your background? Why are you happy to be here? Misa, welcome. Hey, Bonnie, how are you? Thank you for inviting me. And um, it's great to be with Chip and Sven. Um, So, you know, I'm a managing director out of Deloitte. I've been doing SAP now for 20 years. And the last five years, I really have been focused on building um, public cloud, the marketplace for Deloitte, which is why this topic is so near and dear to me. I am passionate about cloud just simply because I've been doing ERP for a long time, especially around SAP, and then just seeing how quickly we're growing and how quickly cloud and cloud infrastructures, and like you said, right, not everything is one size fits all, and you're trying to figure out how does this really relate to me, um, and having those discussions with the companies in the, in, in the industry, you know, is something that I get excited about, so... Thank you very much. We are so pleased to have the three of you. And I have to do a shout out to our showrunner, Hasmin at Deloitte, who just puts everything together. And and she invites the best people. We'll just say that. So um, let's go to the opening quotes. I have asked, if you're a new listener, I want you to be prepared. I've asked my guests to select quotes from songs, from fictional TV or movie characters that you may or may not know, but I'm going to give you a little bit of background reference. And the quotes have nothing to do with cloud or ERP or business or digital transformation or companies or enterprises, but they are going to relate the quote 
to our topic in their own words. So we get to hear how Chip and Spen and Misa, we get to hear if they're going to be poetic, philosophical, prosaic. <laughs> how will they explain what in the world? And wait till you hear the quotes. These are some good ones. Chip, you picked a quote I haven't heard in a while. I have one guest on a different show that I host who picked it all the time, every time she was on. And I love the quote. The quote is from David Bowie's song, Changes. It's from the 1971, do the math, Chip, 1971, 29, 50, 50 years ago. <laughs> the album is uh, scaring me. Hunky Dory. <laughs> And, of course, we know English singer-songwriter David Bowie. Um, RCA Records released it as a single. It was written after his promotional tour of America in 1971 and recorded in London. I'll leave it there. His original name was David Robert Jones, OAL. 1947 left us way too soon in 2016. Here's the quote. Everybody could almost sing along, Sven and Misa. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face the strange. Chip. What an iconic quote. It applies to almost any business topic because look where we are. We're finishing 2021. We didn't think we'd survive 2020 and we're hoping 2022 will be a little bit better. So Chip, talk to me. How'd you pick the quote? What does it have to do with cloud and ERP? You know, Bonnie, I picked this because it, it relates in a number of different ways. One is in terms of companies and their desire to be able to face disruption, how they can be agile and nimble and, and the desire to be able to change and change quickly and face that change and do something about it. Um, the other is in terms of, you know, when I think about legacy IT and the mindset that many bring, many who may have experience working with mainframe servers, things like that, and aren't yet prepared or ready to move to the cloud. And it's, it's, it's time, right? It's time to move to the cloud and it's time to, to embrace that change and face the strange. There you go. How strange is it, do you think, Chip? How is is it going to get any stranger as far as digital transformation, as far as, com- look, the companies we all know, the companies who were digitally embracing, I'll just use that backwards phrase, before 2020 had a fighting chance to stay alive and grow and thrive and still be here after all the upsets, the disruption, disrupting disruption in 2020, right? Mid-year. The companies that were already doing it had that opportunity to say, we have the ability to pivot, to be nimble, to be flexible, to be agile. We can make changes. We can keep going. So what's your thought on that? Do you think we're, I'm not asking for predictions yet. We're going to do the end of the show. But do you think it'll be a little easier next year? Can I dare ask? I think so. I think, you know, I think we've seen a lot of companies make that transition to cloud and be more nimble. Those, in, those who were on it are, are leveraging it to its fullest or even better. Those who weren't taking advantage of cloud platforms and, and cloud ERP have started to make that transition. And with that, it's going to allow companies to be able to move quicker, uh, face disruption and, and, and address, you know, the changes that they need to make. That's the good news. Thank you very much. Sven Denikin has sent us a quote from another iconic character, Professor John Keating, played by another person who left us way too soon, the very talented and wonderful Robin Williams. The movie, of course, is Dead Poets Society. They call it a 19, well, 1989, but they call it a teen drama film. And I think there's so much more to the movie than just a teen drama film. Don't you agree, Sven? There's so much depth. Uh, Let me just read a little bit. Set in in 1959 at the fictional elite conservative Vermont boarding school called Welton Academy tells the story of the English teacher John Keating, played by Robin Williams, who inspires his students through the unorthodox teaching of poetry. 
Hence, Dead Poet Society. Here's the quotes Fen has picked. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Sven, you're up. Talk to me. Yeah, so first of all, of course, I love the film. And um, I was lucky to watch it together with my parents who were brave enough to teach me what is behind the film. And last but not least, I love the actor Robin Williams. So important from my point of view is as everything starts with an idea, it's culture, mindset, and tenacity. And that, that makes them a reality. And this, this does inspire me every day. And it's especially important, as we're talking here about a cloud ERP, uh, that the importance of change management we just discussed versus just throwing technology at a problem, I think that change, that creates the most impact. And it always starts with an idea. Very, very interesting. And used to be, I think, going back to my, my career years ago, you didn't speak unless spoken to. You didn't su- su- suggest ideas or innovation to a company unless you were asked. And today, I think we're seeing more of a of a grassroots ground up. Everybody matters. We looked at the, the dirty M word. It was called millennials. They're still around and now they've got spending money and they're in powerful positions in companies, leadership, management, ownership. And they were saying, what we care about matters to our company, right? The words matter. We want to be part of a better future. Now we see sustainability. Now we see ESG because people came in and said, my words matter. Am I right, Sven? You're right. And then actually we didn't define that call ERP. Go ahead. We defined cloud. Yes. But um, cloud, I think, is an even enabler to do what ERP was always good at the time it was born. And it was an idea which handling resources the best. And I think that's still valid. So there is a connection between how we did it in the past and the future. But I think we are now leveraging everything that we can to be innovative on scale, innovative that everyone can leverage it, which maybe is not in everything behind the scene knowledgeable. And I think that is also, if you, you talked about the millennials, there are even younger people coming into, into the offices and they actually believe what they see. And I think it's our duty, especially in this group, to do the best and innovate the best and guide the best. Thank you very much. Words do matter. Thank you very much. And it's all about change. Let's go to Misa Rollins' quote. She picked one I have. I didn't see this one, so this was new. I don't watch SWAT. It's an American action drama. At least they didn't say action comedy, right, Misa? Action drama television series based on the 1975 TV series created by Robert Hamner. The series premiered on CBS on November 2nd, 2017. And it shares the universe with the FX crime drama, The Shield. I didn't know any of this, but it's all on the top of my head. A lifelong L.A. local and former Marine, Hondo, who is Sergeant the Second Daniel Hondo Harrison Jr., Harrelson Jr., played by Shamar Moore, is a protagonist. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Here is the quote, everybody. I have to tell you, Misa wins the award for one of the top two two-word quotes ever on any of these shows. Because when you could find, somebody gave me a, a Lady Gaga two-word quote. Okay, a million reasons last week. Well, this one is stay liquid. Misa, you have to tell us what this is, please. And what does it have to do with our topic? I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. Um, well, in my next life, I actually want to be a CIA agent or a SWAT agent. Um, I grew up on James Bond. I grew up on the whole, um, you know, mysteries and, uh, and uh, you know, 007 and all that. So I, definitely how this relates to our subject is be liquid to me is just be flexible, be ready. 
um, adapt to change and just, you know, be available, right? And so when I think about cloud and everything that um, we're seeing organizations do, they want to um, embrace change. They are ready to less complicate their lives and they are ready to, um, you know, see what new innovations are out there. And by being liquid, it allows you to be open-minded and embrace the change. I like it. And that goes back to the David Bowie quote, ch ch changes, ch- turn and face the strange. There we go. I don't know if anything is strange anymore with what we've all been through in the past two years, right? I, I don't know if there are. Think of this. Um, whiskey distillers became purveyors, pro- providers of hand sanitizer. Restaurants that didn't couldn't stay open were still getting food from farmers and they were selling it on big quantities in supermarkets. We were picking up groceries. Some people still are at the curbside and you couldn't get you couldn't get yeast. You couldn't get toilet paper. I mean, think of the changes we've all seen in our world, our everyday world in the past two years and hopefully getting back to. So I don't call it the new normal. A lot of people say we're looking for the I call it the next reality. Right, Chip, you've heard me say this. It's just what it is. There is there is no more normal. Give me a break. Let's go to the part of the show where we're going to have discussion statements. This is the true roundtable. We're going to take a deep dive into the topic. Chip Klein-Hexel, I have picked your statement number one. I'm going to read it. It's very brief and to the point. I'm going to ask you to spend about three minutes. Just do a deep dive and... You know what I say, unpack it, please. Sven, I can tell, is sitting right on the edge of his chair. Sven, I can see it. See, that's why we use Zoom. He's waiting to pass because I'm going to invite Sven to agree or disagree with Chip. Don't be afraid to disagree. We love provocative. And Misa, you get the privilege and pleasure of agreeing or disagreeing with either or both. So you've got your work cut out for you. Here is Chip's first statement. Let's get started. He says, with a new wave of CIOs coming from the business side, this will further ignite the shift to cloud ERP and particularly those SaaS, S-A-A-S concepts. Chip, unpack, please. Go ahead. Well, Bonnie, you know, we, we talked about changes. I think you know, we're seeing CIOs are, are coming from all different backgrounds now. And we're seeing more CIOs come from the business. And those that are coming from the business aren't as married to mainframe servers, legacy technology in the way that they knew it or or experienced it, and rather, they want things that are that bring ease of use, that bring the ability to make change quickly, that bring the ability to drive innovation for the business. And with that, I think we're going to see a, a shift um, in terms of the companies who are looking, or typically would have looked at other you know, non-SaaS concepts, and are looking for for technologies and products that are going to bring a software as a service concept where they can say, hey, I want to be able to stand this up and stand this up quick so I can get that value fast and and provide this back to the business. Thank you very much. Sven, you're up. Agree or disagree with Mr. Klein? Obviously agree. Maybe maybe like to add so then Misa can decide if she disagrees. Uh, I think that the the initial belief on classical SaaS or Cloud 1.0 was everyone will do it the same. And I think that's the, was the fundamental flaw why it didn't actually grow so fast. The flexibility, even in software as a service, needs to be given, is a given, and will be used. The question is, who makes actually the proposal and what to standardize? Because, of course, there are things you can agree on. And then I always tell the clients, start with standardization, do complex later with the hope they never come to complex. 
Simplify, 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 right? Let's, doesn't that remind us of the song from The Sound of Music? Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good, I'm sorry, place. I'm just in one of those moods today. It's Friday. Misa, join yes. us. What do you think? I, I saw a lot of heads nodding. Yeah, when- I definitely violently agree. Uh, you know, we started the journey, especially around SAS, um, saying standardize and, and leveraging, um, you know, the, the standard approach. And I think there's a lot of truth to fit to standard. Um, but I also believe that um, as we started to evolve, we see the importance that it's not one size fits all, right? And this is what we talked about earlier, Bonnie. So as we think about what that looks like, that should be more of your secret sauce or your 20% of the business and focusing, standardizing on the other, you know, 80%. Um, and that allows you to really focus on what's important. And I think that's kind of where I'm seeing the change. And I'm seeing a lot of um, companies want to better understand because they don't want to waste their time trying to customize everything, right? They just want to focus on what's important and what do I need to do to, you know, to keep going and, and to get into the marketplace quick. Take it out of the box and then do a little bit of tweaking, right? That's right. Chip, you look worried. This was your statement. They, oh, no. agreed, with, they agreed with you. Are you okay with that? <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, as I think about it, I, I like what both Sven and, and Misa added. I, I think, you know, there was a bit of an evolution here too. I think CIOs and technology leaders have gotten more educated on what software as a service means, what that means for their business, what it can do for them, as well as what they would need to do as a business to be able to adopt it. At the same time, I believe that the technology companies have gotten more and more educated on what do companies need to be able to make this work, right? And it's kind of the shift on both sides that has also got us to the point where we're at, where I believe we're going to continue to see more of, of, a, of a trend of shifting to a public cloud SaaS concept technology for even large enterprises. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Everybody's nodding again. See the value of me being able to be here on Zoom and watch you all say yes, yes, yes with your, your body language. This is great. Sven, I'm looking at statement number one. I'm going to read just the first two lines and let you unpack it for us. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Sven says, cloud ERP is an opportunity to drive digital transformation at a company's pace and with a dedicated focus. We know that. Here's where it gets interesting. A hybrid deployment model that we call two-tier ERP provides choice to organizations on the speed and how they transition to the cloud. Sven, unpack, please. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, so first of all, digital transformation is on everyone's mind now to different degrees, maybe also different industries that um, enterprises are at. But absolutely, it's top of mind in every board meeting. It's top of mind of when we actually want to grow, when we want to react to to market impacts. And I personally believe that cloud ERP is not only ready, it's the core of that transformation. And I think that's where I still need to respect that there are different stages that enterprises are. And when I look at those projects, when I look into together, when we analyze, you shouldn't actually go in there and just say there's one way, as I said before, you need to analyze where the customers are, pick them up there and help them with a dedicated focus to get to that innovation path. And the fastest is when you standardize. Now, there are some scenarios where it works, like, for example, you have a subsidiary and you start with that or you want to control it via the headquarter, but 
don't ship your IT on there. And this is usually happening in merchant acquisitions. This is it happening in business parts. And I think this is where a good cloud ERP enables that agile and standard-based software as a service approach for very, very fast time to leverage that, a quicker time to value. But even more than that, it gives you the way to balance out that you're not forced to change your entire company. And, and we have seen projects like 10,000 of users already with everything ERP in there. We've seen complex companies ready to go, even in manufacturing, completely to a SaaS standardization. But please, let's look at where they are and then start from there and not think there's one size fits all. Thank you. Point well taken and well made. Let's go to Misa. You're sitting next to Mr. Denikin right now on this round. What do you say? So, you know, I absolutely um, agree with Sven. You know, when I think about um, the two-tier model, for me, as a delivery consultant especially, uh, I hear a lot of the companies talking about how they really want to streamline their business or not have so many different um, you know, um, niche systems, right? They collectively want to start really simplifying their infrastructure and put things onto cloud and be able to have each of the, the systems talk to each other. And I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to this because what I have seen in the true value of what 2T ERP brings and how cloud has really allowed us to quickly get subsidiaries or business organizations quickly onto a cloud um, system. It also, back to what we talk about, the CIOs and the CFOs, really brings everything more um, simplified, but also from a data structure or just being able to look at data itself or you know look at my organization as a CFO, I wanna see everything in the same data structure, right? This now, this whole two-tier model and what SAP has done really gives us the ability to use the same data models so we're speaking the same language and it, it makes it a lot easier when you're trying to get something up quick and, and ready. It also, um, and Sven, we didn't really talk about this yet, but from an M&A perspective, right, it just really gives you a, a brand new platform to have those, um, you know, a simplified model to get your acquisitions onto the ERP systems. So that that's kind of my feedback there, but... Thank you. Let's go to Chip. You're the third on this round. What do you hear? What do you see? What's your POV? I, I love it. And, you know, I, I, I like where you're going with it, Misa, in terms of M&A and, and Sven was saying this in terms of companies where they may have subsidiaries. Some of these subsidiaries of these companies that they're acquiring, they're, they're less complex. They're already simple. So the beauty of a two-tier model and the flexibility with that is, is then you don't need to introduce that complexity to those companies. Right. Otherwise, if you're trying to fit them onto a larger, you know, private cloud or on-premise ERP that maybe has had a lot of customization, you're introducing a whole bunch of complexity to a simple business. You don't need to do that anymore. Right. Yet you still may have parts of your organization that require that complexity and require that high touch. And with that, you can still operate with this two-tier model that provides the flexibility to do both and simplify where you can simplify, embrace complexity where you need to, and, and drive your business in that way. And again, still ultimately reducing technical debt for your overall landscape. So really like it. Thank you. Can you just define level set for us technical debt? I've heard that term many times, but some of our listeners might not understand it. Chip, 
What yeah, when I, when I say technical debt, if you think about a, a core ERP, you know, there's the, the standard requirements and business processes that, that fit, and then there's the things that don't. And with those things that don't, typically requires enhancements or additional customization. And, you know, that's not a horrible thing, but we need to be mindful in the way that we do it because as you add that, you're adding more code, more lines of code, more things that as you go through an upgrade, you have to be mindful of. In a sense, adding that to your overall system that you have to take care of every time you want to maintain it for the future. Chip, you are bringing back memories. I'm considered, Misa, an early woman in tech. Not Grace Hopper early, but I was around as a programmer analyst combination back in the 1970s when it was when we were key punching, when I had a silver-covered COBOL book, when I was debugging on green bar paper, and when you had to stand on a step stool. I'll tell you in a second where I'm going with this, Chip. You had to stand on a step stool to lower a disk pack, which was this big with a handle, into the disk drive when a computer room was the size of a warehouse with the bells and whistles and they lifted up the the tiles from the floor with a magnetic it looked like a carpet layers tool and they lifted it up and all the cables were underneath those were the days anyway chip i inherited programs that were called spaghetti code exactly what you were talking about where you had a program that programmer one before me and programmer two before her and programmer three had been kept adding and adding and adding to a to a core of code and i'm using the core word because we're going to get into that with misa in a minute in into a body of code and you were you had to unravel it you had to say why is this so complex they added this section and this drop down and they added this go-to section why can't we just clean it up and make it efficient and stop making it complex so we called that spaghetti code have you ever heard that chip oh yeah oh Oh, you have okay (laughs) i didn't know anybody it's a beast to take care of and maintain absolutely it's what drives it's what slows companies down when they want to change and that's ultimately where we're trying to help prevent exactly Sven. this was your topic your conversation starter anything you'd like to say back to your two co-panelists I think uh, the, the examples around that, that first come to my mind, if you, if you give people a tool set, you will get spaghetti code. <laughs> it's pretty simple. If you give them certain avenues where they can configure instead of customize, you get innovation. That's as simple as I can put it. I like that. Words can't, too. words, man. Say that again, Sven. That was, listen, Sven, we're recording this. I'm going to send you your individual audio track. And so at about <laughs> About 31 minutes in, I want you to go find it when the wave file goes up on your track. I want you to find that. And I want, right, Chip? And Misa, no, I was going to say that's a quote for the blog post. That's for that, sure. That, that's <laughs> it. That, that's got to be. So, Sven, repeat that one more time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to go and find it. Thank you very much. <laughs> you got me on that one. Okay. Difference between spaghetti and innovation. Misa, let's go to your statement number three, and we're going to focus on that word core. You say building a clean core ERP and reducing customization in the core system is the key to building a streamlined infrastructure. I asked a guest on a show last week if we could come up in the future with a better word for infrastructure, which is four syllables, and some people probably get it wrong, and he said he nominated the word stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that was iconic too. Misa, unpack this one for us, please. Go ahead. Yeah. Listen, you know, doing this for 20 years, you know, when we started out doing ERP implementations, 
there was a need to customize and the innovations weren't there. The technology wasn't there for us to really focus on what a clean core ERP could be and how it could make life easier for a lot of our companies and the organizations. I say this, today's world and with everything that's changing, and it goes back to everything that you were saying, scale, growth, agility, right? You want to be able to, what Chip just said, be able to stay on maintenance, to be able to continue to add your upgrades or any of the innovations. And if you over-customize or if you put too much of your customization in the core ERP itself, to that spaghetti code that you were saying, if you are not able to untangle it or not quickly you know, be able to bring in all the new enhancements, just makes life a little bit harder. So this is what I say, where you can leverage the technologies today, especially when we think about what SAP has done, they have the whole SAP cloud platform where you can build a lot of your um, innovations, right? Your side to side extensibility. Why not do that? And why not keep your core, you know, core clean? It's just a housekeeping thing. It's just mm-hmm. like you said, Bonnie, keeping your house clean inside and just keeping what you need on the outside, um, you know, smaller and keeping that small percentage. So that's kind of how I see clean keep core ERP. And then ultimately, it does help you streamline your infrastructure. It does help you stay on maintenance and it does help you um, allow that growth and, you know, scalability that all the organizations are looking for. Thank you. Let's go around the table. Chip, you're sitting next to Ms. Rollins right now, so why don't you take this up on an agree or... I'm waiting for somebody to disagree with something. Chip? Yeah, we got some bright mind here. I'm not going to disagree. Now, here's, here's the thing. I agree with what, what Misa said. I think, you know, the interesting part about it is, is clean core does not need to also equal no innovation. Meaning, you just because you want to have a clean core doesn't prevent you from embracing complexity, from embracing customization, from embracing enhancement and innovation that may come from it. It's the beauty. And this is why I think we're going to continue to see this shift to public cloud ERP is that along the way with public cloud ERP, we also have now seen the presence of cloud innovation platforms with side to side, side by side extensibility, like Misa said, where you can keep your core clean, you can still embrace that complexity, right. still can embrace that innovation, integrate into it, leveraging things like machine learning and artificial intelligence and automation, but do it without bringing in that technical debt and spaghetti code that we all talked about earlier. Right. Thank you very much. Sven. What you for the say? sake of disagreeing with something, and for sure not with me, and Chip, I disagree with everyone who thought keeping the core clean means it just sits there. And I sweat the asset and don't do nothing. And, and, and Chip said it nicely. In my words, you need to innovate in that core, but please don't bring the spaghetti in, as Chip said, but also don't think about that there is no innovation. And there are, of course, meanwhile, technical means the platform was mentioned, like whitelisted application programming interfaces called APIs, which is actually the most important currency in, in our IT world. How is a handshake between two solutions agreed that stays stable? Because APIs is like a cathodic marriage, only the Pope divorces. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Misa, you started this one. What do you think? Anything back? 
Nope. I I mean, they hit it right. And I absolutely agree with the fact that um, there was a mindset that if you can't do it in your core system, then you can't do it at all. And I think that has totally changed and evolved. Thank you very much. I'm looking at the statements. We have covered so much territory already. We've got a few more minutes left. And I'm going to go to statement number three from Sven because there's some new thoughts in here that are fresh. Let's see where we're going to go with this. Sven, you told me in the notes before the show, once a business or organization has gone live, there is an opportunity to consume more cutting edge and differentiating innovations such as intelligence like RPA, ML machine learning, etc. Let's talk about these. How exciting is this? And when is a company really ready to do this? How soon after go live? Is there a formula for this? Sven, talk to us. Again, a big, big fortune if you go with a software as a service. Number one, Misa alluded to that, you have a much more clean data environment. Even if you have maybe different businesses, still you have a clean data environment. And as we have thought maybe two, three years ago that artificial intelligence, machine learning, process robotic automation was a PhD thing, it's, it's, it's the fuel from optimizing um, companies that grow, companies that need to change fast because you read the data, you act on the data, and you give the users the ability to actually compile and do their job just in masses. And I think there's also one more thing if you you see after go live, you can measure what is used. And I go back to my first one, imagine sitting an engineer somewhere in the world, developing the best idea he caught up, talking with enterprises or looking at projects that my team does very often. And then it brings that out in the next innovation, in the next month, in the next quarter, he right away can see if it's used, he can change, he can adopt it. And I think that that is once you are on that innovation path of a SaaS solution where enterprises can utilize this, this extensibility that they can configure it, but there will be specific requirements and to address them, I don't want to talk about all the disruptions because there needs to be something more positive in the world. I think if you grow, if you change your business or if you adopt, This is exactly what the innovation at the core is about. Thank you. Good thoughts there. Chip, I'm putting you next to Sven for this round. Go ahead. What do you think? Love it. You know, it plays right into what we say is built to evolve, right? That constantly, it's a dynamically changing technology stack versus a set it and forget it and hope that it's going to get you what you need, right? It's the ability to go live, but once you've gone live, continue to innovate, continue to take advantage of upgrades and opportunities that like automation and machine learning, constantly working and churning that wheel to be, provide more efficiencies. You know, the value story of an implementation doesn't need to just stop at the go live. It continues on for years and years. Misa, join us. Thoughts? Yeah. And I would just, so on top of that, I'm going to piggyback off of what Chip says. When we think about what happens after go live, like the big question of, okay, so now what? What the funny thing is, is what I've noticed, especially about implementing cloud, is that some with cloud ERP and implementations around cloud, it happens a lot quicker. Like it actually is where the organizations are not ready for the quick change. They can't even catch up. The old days of doing ERP and how long it took us to get there, 
that has totally evolved with, with SaaS and cloud ERP. So one of the things I do see um, after you go live, the, the now what, is being able to, one, catch up with just the fact that you just went live and you have a system running and you're running your business. But now, to Chip and what Spen was saying, let's focus on the, the innovation stuff. Let's focus on this fun stuff and things that, you know, the bells and whistles that I typically would have to wait a long time to get. You know, think about, you know, how I want um, more um, you know, integrated analytics and, and be able to have some visualization now and, and have more of that boardroom, you know, concept. Um, so to me, that's where I see a lot of this uh, post go live as well. Interesting. I'm thinking you built the house and now you want to enhance it, decorate it, accessorize it. You want to add the pool, Bonnie. They yeah. want a pool. <laughs> I want to add the, the movie room. Spin, Spin, <laughs> this was your topic. Go ahead. And the next one wants to have the jacuzzi. But, but I loved how, <laughs> how Misa said it, uh, because that's exactly what we are going after, right? We measure. And, and if you compare, in the past, you implemented something new to get innovation. That, that's, that's, those times are over. Now you activate innovation and we can even measure that the amount of innovation who comes once you're standardized is much, much bigger than if you implement something from the get-go, which I think not going to happen anyhow. Thank you very much. Chip, a little birdie sent me a clip, a snippet from one of your recent blogs on this topic. And I'm going to read it because it has a couple of questions in it that I think will be a good provocative way. We've got about 12 minutes left and this is where I'd like to go. The statement is from your blog, Chip. You should recognize this, Chip. Moving your Oh, yeah. Moving your core ERP and other critical business solutions to the cloud inevitably brings up two questions. Number one, how much will this cost? And number two, how difficult will the journey be? Let's let's get a reality check here. We've been talking in big terms about you do this and the CIO does this and the CFO does this. Let's talk about the bottom line is what's it going to cost me? How long is it going to take? And what's going to happen to my people along the way? Will we still be talking to each other? Maybe that's the question. Chip, take us through this, please. So, uh, you know, to say that the journey is going to be easy is a fallacy, right? It, it is, but it's a different journey. So it's not in the sense that I now have to go configure a ton more and develop all these RISOP objects and do all this code work. Instead, the journey is now, goes back to what we were discussing earlier, it's a lot of change management. It's fit to standard. It's figuring out how do you how do you take business processes and adapt them to what the cloud solution provides, and then looking to say, okay, where's that incremental value that I need, and what do I use and leverage the governance to determine what you put out in cloud platforms and extensibility, right? So I think that's this this there. The other part of it is is is, is the cost is the bottom line going to change significantly? I think that the costs will continue to be lower for companies that look to leverage and implement cloud ERP because it won't require the heavy extensibility or the heavy effort that's needed for a massive amount of rises that we used to have to do or, or custom objects. Mm-hmm. That said, the journey is also different in the sense that, like we were all saying, the journey doesn't stop at a go live. So for companies who are thinking through what should my budget look like? Many think about design, build, test, go live. Stop in the budget. That budget needs to be thought of differently. It's a, 
I'm going to implement that foundation. I'm going to get that live and I need to continue to have a budget for how I'm kind of constantly innovate and constantly evolve because it's not going to stop. And if you don't do that, you're going to fall into the trap that we were talking about earlier where it's a set it and forget it or it's a static solution and you're not going to get the value and innovation that you were hoping to get. There you go. Misa, once you put the pool in, you got to accessorize that too. What can we say? Misa, you want to comment on what Chip just shared, please? Yeah. So two things that come to mind for me when we talk about is cloud, um, it, you know, is it easier? You know, do you just put it in and then you call it a day? Um, definitely the journey is different. So two things that come to mind, and this is something that I, I have been living and breathing. One Everyone says they're ready for fit to standard until they actually <laughs> start having the conversations like we do it. It's a total different mindset, right? And when you're having the conversations on why not leverage this standard process, think about it first before saying, no, it has to be done this way. So it's a mindset of just evolving with the times, um, knowing that typically there's really, and I use this phrase a lot, there's only so many ways you can pay an invoice, right? So, like, let's not over-customize that. Um, and so th that's the first. The second thing is, obviously, don't bring the junk. You know, when we think about um, going into a new um, transformation, the last thing you want to do is bring the old ways and bring on the pain points. So really embrace the change, but also... Um, one of the things that as a part of the cloud journey is going to be integrations. It is a part of what we do every day. You're not going to just sit on the core and not have the extensibility or, you know, integrations. So those are the things that we have to think about as a part of the implementation journey. Thank you. Sven, join us, please. Sharing maybe my, my, my own experiences, right? I, I tried even projects internally at our company when we were smaller, but already complex. And I think I failed because I didn't ask the two questions. Number one, what do we want to achieve and for who are we doing it? And I think if you ask those questions 10 times, then you come to a discussion about how could simple look like? How could standardization look like? But you need to be very clear that 40%, my rough estimation looking at 10,000 projects now, is change management. And this needs a good partner. This needs a good ally in the company that needs that appetite. At the end of the day, yes, then comes exactly what you see depicted uh, behind you. It's built to evolve and you need to let the people know you're not going to, uh, it's not, it's going to be effort, but there's not going to be a pain endless just to stick to standard. You want to evolve over time, but let's do standard first. Thank you. I, I have a question for all of you, Chip. I'm going to get your comments, but the question is, who initiates this? We say you, your company needs to do this. You, who is the you? Who says we're going to the cloud, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's today, or whether it's two years ago? Who says, okay, we've got to initiate change management. We've got to get everybody on board. We have to get our expenses lined up. We have to change our business plan. We have to understand what the options are. We have to understand when the pool goes in, Misa, when the house gets accessorized. We have to understand whether how much customization, how many consultants we have to bring in. Who who owns this plan? I'm always curious because on these shows, we talk about you. You need to do this. You, who is the you? The audience is listening. Oh, is that my job? Let's, Sven, let's start with you because I, I'm picking on you. Sven, whose job is it to do all of this? This is huge. Well, first of all, my experience being in many, many boardrooms, there are two people who matter. It's the boss because he's the boss. 
and it's the CFO. He has the money. You know, the rest, the sales guy doesn't know how the pipeline looks like. The HR guy doesn't know how many people work. Let's get over that. Those are the two that usually set the agenda of a company, hopefully. And I think next to what who people decide and then drive it, it's also important, what is the trigger? And I'm not going to let you out without a car analogy when you invite a German. No, there is a transformation in that industry from combustion engine to electric. Want it or not, has much less moving parts. Good analogy for the public cloud. There's actually a different way of producing it. Good analogy for public cloud. Still, it serves the same purpose to take you or people who rent it from A to B, because also the business model changes on top. And guess what? Most of those manufacturers, they go for SaaS when they build up this new business in their company, because that standardization is actually what they want. Thank you. Very interesting. Chip, whose job is it? What do you think? Those same two chairs in the C-suite? What do you see? I, I, I agree with Sven in the sense that, <clears throat> that it is not just IT, right? And, and where we see these type of programs struggle is when it is only an IT-led type journey. When business, whether it's CFO, um, EVP of strategy, business transformation leader, you name it, when business has a seat at the table, the way I look at it is, is IT is the orchestrator, the business is the decision maker in the sense of <clears throat> this is what they're looking to get, this is what they're looking to achieve. IT can do exactly what Sven is to say, okay, now these are the simple ways to go do that. Let's align and let's move forward. Right. Thank you. Misa, thoughts? Who are the people? Who are the people in your neighborhood? Go yeah. Ahead. So, you know, I look at this. Um, so, you know, piggybacking, I'm not going to re rehash exactly what they said. I, I agree with what they're saying. The other thing that I look at it, right, as a business advisor to, you know, different companies, Bonnie, I think it's important that, you know, one, that we as advisors have the conversations because I know it's top of mind for them. Um, it, it, the top of mind in the sense of this whole cloud buzz discussion, what is it really? Is it the infrastructure? Is it the product itself? Is it the ERP system? Is it how I do my customizations? We talk about cloud, it, it, it means so many things. And so it is top of mind on a lot of our leaders' minds today and we're trying to help them through it. So I look at it as part of my responsibility to have the conversation and educate the companies as well. But I also see a lot of them coming to us asking the questions, hey, can we do assessment? Can we look at what this means and what's going to change for me? Um, it goes back to that whole change management. What What's so different about this and what's new and, and how am I going to implement um, using innovations tomorrow? So that's my feedback on that question. Thank you. What a lively conversation. We've got about three minutes left. I'm going to spring a predictions round on all of you. So I'm going to give you, oh, 45 seconds each, and we're really tight on time. Chip, you're up first. If we met one year from today with the same exact topic, what would we be talking about differently, or would it be exactly the same? Chip, 45 seconds, hit it. I think we'll be talking about a lot of the similar concepts in the sense that this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. I think that, you know, just as I was talking about earlier, we're watching business leaders and IT leaders 
from companies get more and more educated on what cloud ERP is. At the same time, we're watching the software companies get more and more educated on what businesses truly need and the flexibility that they need to have provided with that fit to standard approach. So I think that's going to be there. What I do think is going to continue to change though in a year from now is as more and more companies do jump to a cloud ERP with SaaS concepts, we're going to see that the IT organization and the skills that are required from individuals that are, are within that are going to need to change. And we're seeing that now, but I think we're going to see it even more drastically because you're, going to, you're not going to need a bunch of app developers. You're not going to need as many configurators. What you are going to need is people who know RPA tools, machine learning, artificial intelligence, analytics, right? That is going to shift and the people who are in IT organizations are going to need to be, you know, reskilled, transformed, educated on these new things because there's going to be less activities that they need to do with their old skill sets. So that's, that's something I do think is going to be, be changing. That was Chip's 45 seconds. That was Sven's 45 seconds. That was Mises. Chip, Sven, quick 10 seconds. Yes or no, agree or disagree. Two sentences. Go fast. Fully agree and stay fluid. So we're going to be in a fluid environment of business processes, permutations, empowered by software as a service. Love it. Wow. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Stay fluid. Misa, you get the last word before I, I close I get the out. last word. Okay, 10 seconds. I do see that there's going to be a growth spurt, let's just say. Um, I think everyone wants change. And they're ready for it. And I, I believe that this is the time. So I think from a year from now, we will be having more conversations. Then let's just tell Hasmeen. We're doing a shout out to Hasmeen, our showrunner. Hasmeen Flores at Deloitte. Thank you very much. And a shout out also to Brandy Boyce, new in marketing on this team. Natalie Butlin, Maria Rechtenwald. Chip, thank you so much for being here. Misa, what a delight to meet you. I hope you come back. Sven, it's nice to have a reunion to see each other for the first time. And thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire. Aaron was 26 when I met him three years ago, and now he's 63. He just celebrated. You get, yeah, it's been a long three years. Anyway, I want to thank everybody. I'm going to wish happy holidays to all out there, whatever you're celebrating with whomever, however, whatever. Happy holidays. Namaste. Sven just put his hands together. I'm going to say namaste. Peace be with everybody. Happy, healthy, wonderful. Uh, I'm not sure if we're doing another show this year. We'll be t- I'll be talking to Hasmin about that. But it has been another wonderful year of the Kinetic Enterprise built to evolve. I'm so privileged to be here as the producer, host, and moderator. So thank you, Sven. Thank you, Chip. Thank you, Misa. Thank you, Hasmin. Everybody, over and out. Wave goodbye. Don't go away. We're going to take pictures. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.